When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, we made it through the weekend. It is Monday afternoon, and the one and only, well, I guess the dynamic duo, Lori and Julia. Who's the one and only? Yeah, what were we you going to say there? We can't have a one and only when there's two of you. The dynamic duo, Lori and Julia, are here to start off a great week. How's it going? What's your weekend claim to fame, guys? Uh, it's got to be Rick Springfield yes. at, at Mystic at the Rib Fest. That's cool. Absolutely incredible show. Of course, Julia left before the good stuff happened. That's okay. I know. But I... you left. You left when the most, and first of all, how great was he? He was, you know what? He was wonderful. He looks amazing. He's got the showmanship nice. with the he, way he grinds and does his guitar stuff. It was super fun. He is such a good guitar player. He brought everything. I mean, you can tell he loves performing. He got yes, you real can. about depression and he oh. shared a song. He's been always very out loud but he's like um and melinda jacobs sent me a thing where she had interviewed him when his book came out yes and um yeah he 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 really has had depression you know since the early 80s all, all his life but um he was just so fun and i think there had to be 10, 12,000 people there. Were there were so many people at Mystic. It was such a beautiful night. The ribs were so awesome. And the way they have it set up, they had so many tables and umbrellas. Plenty. It didn't feel crowded. No. Like, it it really didn't feel didn't. crowded. It didn't. And then after you guys left, he, I mean, he played probably an hour and a half. And, um, but I'm like going, oh my God, people are helping him take off his mesh shirt. He, <laughs> Took hey. off his shirt and played Jesse's girl oh. with no shirt and looking fine as hell. He's 73, about to be 74, and he was just fun. I texted our friend Annie Kent. Yeah. Um, who loves him. Who loves him. And I, we worked at Carlson Companies with her, and she came back from seeing him at the Mall of America. That's where he did his book thing. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, it was even before that. Okay. It was way, this in the 90s. Because his book, he was on our show with first book. Yeah. And and she was just so obsessed. And I text her, are you here? Yeah, was and, she? And she's like, where? And then oh. I sent her the clip. But that was so. It was fun. And Tommy two-toned open. And yep. I talked to a girlfriend who was, we were on the right side of the stage, which yep. is always my Casey and I's, we go That's to, your secret side. We go, because you can work your way up. Mm-hmm. On, on one of the two sides, but a friend of mine was in the second row up on the left side and got to touch him. Oh. And she said last year they saw Pat Benatar at the Rib Fest. And she's like, for a free concert, yeah. you know, but these performers get paid good money. Oh, yeah. And um, she said that Pat Benatar brought it 
last year. And of course, she's opening for Pink yes, in a couple weeks. But that was super fun. It was so fun. I mean, and the leather pants. Oh, it was And awesome. his band was so good. And like Casey <laughs> said the ribs were amazing. They oh. were very good. Yeah. It was super fun. Yeah. Right? And then we met some super fans, Grant. Oh, my gosh. Nice. That, okay. that was so funny. And Cindy and Kathy, Cheryl and Kathy, if you're listening, because we posted a picture of them on our Instagram mm-hmm. account because, honest to Pete, we were peeing our pants. Yeah. So kind of like... People either, some people either like us or like one of us or something, but they're always outspoken to tell us. So yeah. it's so funny because your girlfriend, Lonnie, is sitting there when I'm talking about, you know, some people like us and some don't like me and blah, blah, blah. And she's <laughs> shaking her head up and down. <laughs> and I'm thinking, she goes, you're right, because people don't like both of us all the time. Yeah. And this gal's so funny. And I said, Lori, you've got to come over here and meet Cheryl. She's got, she, you just have to meet her. And then, and then when she, she's got to come to the fair and perform, but it was just, it's like the lady who came last year and performed and she was you. Yes. And this lady could do me. Yes. Oh, wow. You're exactly right. It was so funny. It was so funny. So Cheryl and Kathy, if you're listening, um, we, you made us laugh so hard. Yeah. It was super fun. Yeah, it was. And I've had a Hoka revelation. Okay. I'm returning. Those shoes that gave me mouth-to-mouth resuscitation practically because <laughs> of the price. Julia, I am not meant for that much foam under my foot. Well, Lori, I was surprised because it gives you so much height. Now you're seven inches taller than your That's husband. That's got nothing to do with it. It's The foam is hot on my foot. It does kind of wrap. It gives oh, a little bit of a... So you have extra hot foot. Extra hot foot. <laughs> and I mean, it was the fastest and hottest my foot ever got in a pair of shoes. You were so excited the color oh, and everything. I oh, I love the color. Then I went back and I tried these metatarsal things that were another 60 bucks. Now the whole kit and caboodle is going back and I'm starting all over. Hey, you'll get Those that. shoes are just Didn't too... Casey buy a pair too? Yeah, but he doesn't have a hot foot or right. plantar My fasciitis. friends have those and love them. It's it's entirely too much foam under the ball of my foot. Uh, my foot is not meant for that much foam. Five inches of foam. It was on fire. That I foot. wanted to buy him for an elevated knee. Yeah, yeah, you know, higher. It, it could be just like a because you saw how short I was in the crowd oh, trying yeah. to watch Rick Springfield. That's why we moved up. To I, the mean, right. I basically have to slide in under people's armpits. Your legs works. Works. I mean, I'm so short. I get very um. Kind of claustrophobic. You're oh, a yeah. horrible music festival person. Just I lasted it. that long. <laughs> oh, Julia, you came and you, you you came with the idea of being there for three I, hours. No, I told Jeff I've got a two hour and fifteen minute oh, limit. <laughs> That's how my dad is with like everything. I got a forty five minute limit. No, I just want to make sure. Everyone, no, I played a lot of tennis on Saturday and was tired. Yeah, well, I just I just it yeah, was fun. Those those th- th- those shoes are just they're they're, they're just the too hot. The whole are going back. You're so those, funny. Those are going back. I mean. I, <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, hey. I am, you know, I can't even say it. Are you going to buy those? No. Oh. No, I don't like how they look. I never oh. have. Uh, yeah. I don't like how they look. I loved the ones I got. You the did. Blue, and they the were pink? so, and I tried mm-hmm. and I tried and I tried. You hadn't tried. Yeah. No, I, I'm busy doing my toe separators. Oh, <laughs> my toes got a little tired at the rib fest and I had to take it out. I'm like, my toes are tired from being separated. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Get the funny things that happen. But know. Hoka's, you know. If hit, they work for you, good for you. Yes. But it, if you've got uh, a hot foot, a plantar fasciitis, it's just entirely too much foam. I think we should have a shoe um, 
show with all of our shoes that we bought, and Casey can lead it out with his prongs. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a pair of shoes this weekend. Yeah. Some tennis I shoes. I saw your Nikes. Yeah, for the fair, because I was like, we're going to be down there. I'm like, I got to get something to walk around in. And I, yeah. these Nikes, they have a lot of foam under them that I at first was a little tempted to not get, but actually... They're I really like comfy? it. They're comfy, and they give me a little bit. They're they're called the Pegasus. Is is that your claim to fame? Because you are like a rare shopper, like Casey. Very rare Very shopper, rare. <laughs> but yes. That but you had a good weekend. You said I did. Yeah, I went down to the three uh, M Open. Yeah, three M Open with Mike, uh, producer Mike here. He he brought me down with his dad and his his dad's lovely. Uh, girlfriend Brooke and it was a lot of fun. We were down there all day. We got there at like eight thirty in the morning. Ran into the cook Brian downstairs at the oh, golf tournament. But yeah, it was it's a really good setup down there. Very very you know easy access to drinks and it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon like you guys experienced. Right, you were there on Sunday. Right? Didn't the guy Saturday. have a runaway? Mm-hmm. Didn't the guy who won? Yeah, he won by yeah. seven. It was it wasn't the greatest competition, but it was a yeah. really fun time. You know, really good time to be outside. And as you can tell, I'm a lobster. So very fun. <laughs> all right. Listen, and uh, all week we're going to be giving away tickets to the Jonas Brothers, their show at the Excel on November 19th. Don't call now, but we will be uh, giving five pairs of tickets away, one pair per day. So we'll let you know when you should call in. And when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Okay, it's Lori and Julia for El Burrito Mercado, where you can get authentic Mexican cuisine to dine in or take out. But I just want to remind everybody, tomorrow is Taco Tuesday. Yes. From 11 11 a.m. to close. And they've got a breakfast taco. You can start for $2. Chorizo. Breakfast. Yum. Yeah, I know it. And then they have tacos with cilantro and onion, mole. Flautas are $5. And then happy hours, Tuesdays through Fridays from 3 to 6. Um, they have amazing stuff going on there. But, you know, where do you get a Taco Tuesday for $2? And sit out on a patio I, and enjoy it. You feel like you're on a little vacation. It's do. so pretty out and there. And then shop in the deli and bring home some things to eat at home and freeze. Or if you need salsas, oh, my gosh. They also have an amazing food truck that you can reserve for your events. Block parties, I know, are happening this week. That's but right. whatever you have coming up, they do an amazing job. El Burrito Mercado. Check them out. Well, that is Pee Wee's Playhouse, and we learned today that Paul Rubens, the actor best known for portraying the joyful child like Pee Wee Herman, died Sunday night after a private bout of uh, cancer. He was 70 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, A statement was posted to Instagram after his death. Please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. Mm. I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I've loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. So uh, he didn't let us know uh, that right. he passed. And on his uh, his his estate also wrote that, you know, they said g- goodbye to him. And he just didn't want people to know. And he jo- had started his career. He was in the Groundlings. Yes. In, in L.A. In LA. Mm-hmm. So and in 1980, the Pee Wee Herman show. I mean, that's, he just became a cult figure. It that's was, my name. Don't wear oh, yeah. it out. <laughs> that's right. He, that's re- he really was. In You know, he kind of knew this from an early age because they lived, his family lived in New York and Sarasota, Florida, kind of wintering. And he went to Sarasota High School, but he would follow around Rig- the Wrigley... The Wrangling Brothers. Wrangling Brothers Circus. And he just remembered, and he loved I Love Lucy. And he said, Dad, make me a stage. When he was five years old, I just want to do this. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of 
people of a certain age that are in their 30s and 40s that grew up watching that show. and. He was fun. I mean, that was a fun thing. Well, his Tim Burton movie, yeah. TV, Pee Wee Herman's Big, Big, Big Adventure. Adventure. I mean, that. There's a here's a little quote from that one. I yeah. know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? I know you, you are, are, but what am I? I? Oh, it's just uh, that's from Pee Wee. That's when he's talking Pee-wee's to Playhouse. Francis. Oh, from Pee-wee's yeah, Pee-wee's and the Playhouse, Pee Wee's Playhouse, won several Emmys, and he had a lot of like. Big you know, Cindy Lauper was on The Residence mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. guest stars, you know, Jimmy Smits, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, Natasha Leone. Lawrence Fishburne, if you guys remember, he was the cowboy that would come out of the box and he had a magic and he would just basically or he would come to the to the side door and he would do a make a lick a high, make a hidey ho thing. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne was yeah. classic in that show. Oh, yeah. And, and and then, you know, he he was just a gifted comedian and an actor who was in Many other things. Yeah. Many other Blow. things. Blow. Blow. That was, I feel like, for me, because I grew up, like you said, that 30s to 40s, this was yeah. my Barney, this was my Blues Clues, this was yeah. what I grew up on. And then, you know, the unfortunate situation that some people can call unfortunate it would happen in his private life. And oh, it, he was know, in an adult theater. Yeah, doing something he probably should. Well, an, that's what everybody did in those adult yeah, theaters. In exactly. 1991. And he was kind of, you know, kind of canceled at that point yes. in time, but made, in my eyes, his first comeback was his role in Blow as, you know, the the, the guy, the main pot dealer that started working with Johnny Depp, and then they introduced themselves to the cocaine, mm-hmm. and he was a major role in that movie. Yes, he, he was. He was the gay hairstylist yes. that, that sold pot, yeah. Yeah, but that it, it, it that scandal stuck to him, but yeah. he, he would appear on some things, but his movie and, and TV career as Pee Wee was basically over, Done, but yeah. he was nominated for 17 Daytime Emmys. He won two of them. Nice. Um, and he also was nominated for three Emmy Awards. He, that The Pee Wee Herman show ran for 62 performances on Broadway in 2010 and 11. Oh, yeah. And uh, his family has asked for, if anyone wants to make a donation, stand up for cancer or organizations that are involved in dementia or, or Alzheimer, but um, he was also in. He was in a lot of other. Yeah, he was. Um, daytime mm-hmm. or evening shows. He. I'm just trying to find my. Little... I'm trying to find mine too, and I don't know why. I oh, can't here. See right okay, now. so he was in. So Ted Demi hired him for Blow. He also appeared in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Matilda, and his television credits credits include 30 Rock, The Blacklist, Pushing Daisies, Hercules, Rugrats, Reno 911, and What We Do in the Shadows. So, and and, and when he, he, uh, appeared. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Here at the 90, 1991 MTV Video Music Awards, got a standing ovation and he said heard any good jokes lately yeah. and that's how he that kind was of the a, year and but he didn't reprise that role until 2010 from 91 to 2010 because then he got smeared and that he was some kind of a child molester yeah, I, know. I know when he was an adult man watching adults on exactly uh, you know at an x-rated theater which i guess they don't even really they're not even around anymore, no they these really types aren't of theaters but um Anyway, and he tried to fight this because in 2002, he turned himself into the Hollywood division. Boshes this. Of the L.A. Police Department. He was charged with obscene material, um, and he was a self-proclaimed uh, collector of erotica, and he disagreed with the city's classification of pornography, and um, the charges were dropped in 2004 after he pled guilty to a lesser misdemeanor as mm-hmm. obscenity charge and he, in an interview with stone phillips in 2005 he oh. said I, one thing i want to make very very clear i don't want anyone for one second to think i'm titillated by images of children it's not me you can say lots of things about me and you might the public may think i'm weird they may think i'm crazy but as long as one of the things you're thinking about me is that i'm a pedophile because that is not true mm-hmm. so he was he, he was developing two peewee herman projects um before his death the peewee herman story a black comedy okay and the other a family adventure film called peewee's playhouse the movie oh. so i don't know what's mm-hmm. going on with that but a lot of Celebrities oh, are remembering time. him. Jimmy Kimmel posted something really sweet about him, about just how fun he was. And um, um, Judd Apatow, yes. Natasha Leone. Well, Judd Apatow was the one that brought the PME Herman show to Broadway. Mm. And, he, and he said he's the sweetest guy. And just as a little side note, Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 1985 was Tim Burton's first feature film. Oh wow! So mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So I, I kind of I kind of thought that was kind of fun. Um, and Cher, you know, said said good night, sweet prince. May flights of angels sing thee mm-hmm. to thy rest. And just one other kind of interesting thing in his growlings group, you know, the comedian group, Phil Hartman was in that. And so Phil Hartman and him were kind of writing partners. Okay. Gosh, I heard someone else talk about Phil Hartman. Hartman, how funny he was and what a loss that was. Hey, it's such a tragic death. That's so bad. His wife shot him. Yeah. And then herself. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. terrible. That, yeah, that was really something. But yeah, so he died of cancer. He was only 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to check in with my brother. That was like one of his shows oh, that he did, loved the, it, the humor don't you remember? of Pee-wee. Oh, yeah. How do you oh, yeah. laugh? Uh, How do you do it, Grant? <laughs> like you said, Jimmy Kimmel, too, had him on for a special 35th anniversary of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and they did a whole 10-minute thing about it. Yeah. yeah this, is, this is a bummer. It's a bummer deal. Hammernecks Flooring Solutions, they have it for you. Uh, they live up to their reputation 
as the Twin Cities' premier source for residential flooring. If you've got a commercial property and you need to uh, give your flooring a facelift, you're going to want to visit one of the flooring superstores. They've got three locations. They're in New Hope, um, right between Bass Lake Road and right up 169. They're in St. Paul on Bryce Street. And now they're also in uh, Rochester. But they have the largest selection of carpeting, hardwood flooring, vinyl flooring, tile flooring, beautiful area rugs. They've got the professional installation services available or take it with you for the do-it-yourself or DIY or at home or at work. And many of their products are exclusive to Hammernix and they are priced to meet your budget and design needs. That's Hammernix Flooring Solutions. We're so delighted to have, I think, a treasure from the Twin Cities. David Stillman is with us. And shout out to Sonia. Say hi to Sonia, David. Hey, Who else Sonia. you have to say hi to? Well, my mom's listening. Duh. Hi, mom. Oh, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. And so you, I've heard your name in different circles for years. I love that. And um, it's nice to finally meet you. And so Allison Kaplan sent me, you have to meet David. He has the show that... Who doesn't love Allie, right? Oh, she's the bomb. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. And so the French Fest is starting. It's in its 30th year. It starts August 3rd through August 13th. And you have one of the hot shows at the French Festival. Uh, Yeah, looks that way. We've been getting a lot of buzz. Mm -hmm. I wrote a show and it debuts this Saturday. Um, the fifth at the Mixed Blood Theater. What's it called? It's called Grinder Help Desk, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> so like this that. is kind of based on experience on getting on dating apps later in life. That is true. I mm-hmm. got on dating apps a little later in life. And story goes, I was getting on and most people get on a dating app a little bit younger. And I looked at a friend of mine. I'm like, you know what? They need a help desk for this thing. <laughs> I was too scared I'd swipe the wrong way or upload the wrong thing. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. we started laughing and I said, could you imagine that job? And that's that was sort of the premise for this idea of a show that I wrote back during COVID and then mm-hmm. worked on. And it was time to bring it forward. So you're used to writing nonfiction books, serious books about business and entrepreneurship. I and am. so this is your genre into writing Fiction as well as being a playwright. You know, what's wonderful about nonfiction is it's a lot easier. You've got research. you got to speak to the research. you got a strategy you're putting out there. But with fiction, it's anything's possible. And so it's sort of it was almost daunting for all these years. And I always said, well, someday I'm going to write fiction. Someday I'm going to write fiction. And I've always wanted to write something for the stage. And then I did realize I'm not getting any younger, and so that someday better hurry up, and here we are. And I, this is truly, I can say, a bucket list item for me in my lifetime, is to have written something for the stage. And a couple of other things, I think the world needs to laugh. Absolutely. More than ever right now, and mm-hmm. that is my hope, that people will come, they will laugh. Give um, us a setup for the show. Grinder, okay. the help desk. Helped us the musical. Grinder helped us the musical. So it's exactly what you think. Uh-huh. It's about a woman. Um, it's a one-person show performed in drag, which we can talk about in a mm-hmm. minute. But uh, her name is Candace, and Candace works at the help desk, and she is an <laughs> aspiring drag performer. Okay, but she also has a job fielding phone calls at the help desk, and people call in with help, wanting help with anything from relationship advice to their profile pick to trying to understand why they got blocked, all the things that I think people 
you know, experience when doing it. I, I think it's funny, but then again, no one finds me funnier than me. So <laughs> we, we suffer from that too at okay, times. Well, yeah, you know, but no, I, I do think people are going to laugh, um, and that's what it's for. I'm not there to you know make some big statement or get people to think too hard. But there's laugh now. There is a, some heart to the story, sure, of course. Uh, Candace, like a lot of people, as much as she's helping people, obviously would want to be helped herself, and her goal, like many, would be to someday find the love of her life and delete the app. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that storyline in there as well. Okay, so how long is the show? It's an hour. It's just an hour. Oh, hour. My... That fringe has got strict rules, you know. I um, like that about the fringe. Yeah. A- any of us with ADD love <laughs> no, that, right? that's my time. I'm like, I love <laughs> Me it. Me too. <laughs> and so people, if because tickets I know, you've got a couple shows that are already sold out. So tell people where to get tickets. Well, they can go to grinderhelpdesk.com. G-R-I-N-D-E-R. No, no, no E. Oh, no oh, e. you're right. Like well, that. she's not on Grinder, so yeah, she's, not she's on okay. Grindr. Well, the way you have it is G-R eggplant and D-R. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that key comes up yet. No, no, not yet, not yet. We'll invent that. But no, G-R-I-N-D-R. Help Desk, one word, grinderhelpdesk.com. You can mm-hmm. learn about the show, the amazing director, um, Kyle Wheeler, and the performer, Jeremy Johnson. Um, you know, it's great. All locals that mm-hmm. are doing it, which I just love about The Fringe, is that we've casted this locally, and um, it's a local director. And you can go there, and from the website, you'll be able to click onto The Fringe website and buy tickets. Okay, what about the musical part? I mean, you wrote a play... And I wrote the lyrics. And you wrote all the lyrics. And okay. then I worked with a composer. And that was probably the most fun part because I'd go into a meeting. And I'd be like, I want it to sound a little bit like Jackson 5, but could you make it a little bit more like this? And we'd go back and forth. And I always wondered what starts first, you know, the music or the lyrics. And it really can be either way. And in my case, since, you know, I can't even play the harmonica, sure. I needed a serious musician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I can write lyrics and I have a knack for rhyming. And it was really fun. And then as the music would play out, sometimes we'd have to shorten a verse or make it a little bit longer. And that's where the writing process, this was so creative and so fun. Because the thing about a song is, it's not like you have these words and then suddenly you stop and sing. Your dialogue in that music still has to move your story forward. Right. So now you're moving your story forward by rhyming. And that was just another amazing writing challenge that was exciting to take on. Okay, so what's been, because I know that you've been getting like little dabbles from New York or other people kind of interested in this or what's kind of the interest outside of the Twin Cities? Yeah, there's been some interest outside, you know, all over the country. People saying, when are you bringing this to Denver? When are you bringing this to um, P-Town? When is this coming to Palm Springs? I mean, there's a natural built-in market with the gay community, yeah. but that's obviously not the only community. Right. And people want to laugh. And so people really like the idea of a one-hour show and there's some people saying, when will you bring it? And I said, well, let's get it live and launched yes. in Minneapolis. And that would be the goal. At the end of the day, I'm an entrepreneur, too. Yeah. And granted, first and foremost, bucket list item. Hopefully all my amazing friends here in town who have just been so supportive and great. And a shout out to all of them uh, who are going to be coming to see the show. And hopefully they all like it. But the goal will be, you know, we can fix things and tweak it. And that's that's one thing I should also say when you write a book. It's fascinating. And you turn it into, my publisher's been HarperCollins. You finish everything. Like, it's like you cross all T's. You dot all the I's. The research is done. And when it turns in, you're done. 
Whereas in the world of theater, I just just put it up. You see what people like. If they don't like a song, you get rid of it. You add yeah. a new song, which has been very hard for me because I want it perfected before it goes oh, live. Okay, that's been a very big learning curve for me. That I mean, it'll be as good as it's going to hopefully be this weekend. And then from there, if there's things that land or don't land or really land. It'll be tweaked and adapted and hopefully, like I said, brought to other markets where I do think it would do really well. And that sounds so fun. It sounds so fun. I can, I just can feel like how I'm thinking like the questions that would come in about being a grinder fella. I can't, (laughs) I can't. So let me just give people. So there's a Saturday, this Saturday at 2.30, Sunday at 5.30, Tuesday, August 8th at 10 p.m., Wednesday at eight thirty, and Sun then following Sunday at seven p.m. That's right. So all at Mixed Blood Theater. Yes, all at the Mixed Blood Theater. Which is a beautiful theater. theater and great Love parking. It. And what's so great about the Mixed Blood? They're one of the theaters have come to the Fringe and they partner and they house these shows. And the beautiful thing about the Minnesota Fringe Festival, let me give a big shout out, is that they really help people like me that want to explore different avenues of getting into playwriting and being involved in theater. And there's been workshops that I've been able to learn a ton from. I'm a life learner. Those workshops of support, you can always call in and get help. And it really is a great place to launch a show. And as people keep saying, that's what Fringe is really about. And so right. I've gotten to experience this wonderful journey. And hopefully someday people will look back and be like, did you know that show started at the Fringe Festival? Oh, there you go. That's the there goal. There you go. And that's how a- did you find Jeremy? Your 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 person. That's, uh, great, that's... Call. Jeremy's wonderful. Um, what we did is we had we put it out on um, casting calls, okay. and people in this day and age since COVID, they submit on video. You really don't do live casting mm-hmm. anymore. And he was one of a bunch that turned in a video submission, and, and there like, was a director, and we're like, he's he's Candace. our person. That's okay. Candace, absolutely. If you're just joining us, we're with David Stillman and his. First play, first yes. musical that's going to be premiering at the Fringe Fest is Grinder Helped Us, the musical. Are any of the, so when you're writing this, were any of these kind of based on your experience? Like, really, like, what do you do if this happens? Some of them, yes. I yeah. mean, some of the screen names that call in, I would see these screen names and be like, no way, is that someone's screen name? Wasn't my screen name. Sure, you know, and then, you know, everyone's been blocked on an app. And you're like, oh, whoa, what just happened, you yeah. know? And so some of that, you know, were sort of the premise for, sure. or some of my likes or dislikes, yes. I embellished quite a bit, you yeah. know, but it's not, it is definitely a fictional show. Oh, fine. Uh, but definitely things that I witnessed or experienced, or just when you talk to other friends in the community, um, their comments about Grinder. So, have yeah. you have people seen it the whole run through? Like your mom, who's listening, has she seen the whole? My run mom through? will not be seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening. my mom. My mom's sitting this one out. I think. <laughs> well, and the most supportive person in the world. Of you course know? she is. Of course she is. Yes. Of course, that's what moms do. Yes, I love it. Well, this was such a treat for us, David. Thank you to meet you and and um, he brought us in a boatload of Twizzlers well, and dots. He well, said, I was told you like Twizzlers and dots. So. I know it's our it's like. Four o'clock sustenance every day. I know. Day. And not just one or two. There's a case. And I'm going to stick around for 20 minutes so I can eat some. So. <laughs> Do it. There we go. You're welcome. There you, go. you really are. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, maybe this man won't leave. Maybe we're going to talk more. But we also have TV that we're catching up on, Drops of God. And I want to, it's grinder, G-R-I-N-D-R, helpdesk.com for that tickets. Is, thank yes. you. And uh, the show starts this uh, this. Saturday. Saturday at the Mixed Blood. Yeah. And tickets are selling fast. Like some shows are sold out. So you really want to get in on this quick. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a hot ticket. I, well, we know it is. You're here. All right. We'll be right back. 
Lori and Julia for learning our acts. And, you know, we absolutely, you were just talking about being a lifelong learner, David. Um, people love to read, to learn. And if your child is struggling really early, like we're talking third grade and fourth grade, not picking up reading and having to, feelings go along with that. Self-esteem goes along with that, waiting for the reading specialist to come and get you outside no the door. No one wants to feel dumb no, in school. And, and it really, it's hard because maybe you can't process things fast. Maybe math is just difficult because you can't remember anything from the day before. Learning Our Acts one-on-one brain training helps with all of that. They have seven Twin Cities location, and it really all starts with their eye-opening assessment. That's just a little bit over one hour of your time, but boy, it opens up to you. You can peek inside your loved one's brain, and, and then they can help you, you know, develop a program for them that's learning a rex thanks for hanging out with us well like we said he's still here but we love him <laughs> david stillman his uh show at the fringe festival grinder helped us a musical go and get your tickets because it's going to sell out but we're just sitting here talking about your other life david and writing um, good serious books, books about about generations. generations about generational differences so i've made a career out of researching writing speaking consulting on the differences between baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z, and really how it impacts two different areas. One would be the workplace, if you're trying to work together, mm-hmm. or the marketplace, how you're trying to sell product or service. And of course, I bring up, and Julia knows this, anyone that's ever listened to this show, I'm passionate about you know identifying as Gen Jonesers, which is like 59 to 1970, because like my aunt and uncle, who are 15 years older than I am, they're... Boomers. Baby boomers. Right. I don't have anything growing up wise in common. So I'm always like, why? And you look there... way too young to be a boomer. Yeah, right? Wh- right. why? But why don't, why <laughs> doesn't Jen Jones ever get any? You hear about that, you know, or you're heard recently the a Jones- zennial, which is in yeah. between a Gen Z and a millennial. Okay. And really, and I've written about this and I actually wrote a uh, chapter in my first book and I called it Cusper the Friendly Ghost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And really, it's about people who are in between two generations, and they're called, I call them cuspers. Now, okay. I am not a fan of people who put a new label, because I think it's already a powerful dialogue to try to get your arms around a boomer, an extra, a millennial, Gen yeah. Z. They're going to throw these other ones. It just becomes, I think, info right. overload. But what's fascinating about, and you'll love this, about people in the cusp, is if you look at majority of CEOs today, or people in leadership positions, they tend to be cuspers, people right in between two generations. And this is going to seem pretty obvious, but it's because they innately have their foot in be on two different camps. Yeah. So you sort of understand, I bet, a lot of the policies, procedures, the zeitgeist of your aunt and uncle or people who are baby boomers. Right. Yeah. And you probably understand a lot of the generation that came behind them. So people like yourself tend to be great negotiators, mediators, the go-to people. I bet you're solving a lot of family problems. People come to you to probably solve a lot well, of Well, I mean, Julie and I both have talked about this because mm-hmm. we get lumped into like the baby boomer and we're like, God, we don't identify as anything but then you're probably a little bit more like gen xers yeah but you're probably a little bit more like a gen xer you know because ultimately what's going to happen is i find if i really work with people who are customers they identify more with one Mm -hmm. than the other generation but to your point they do find themselves straddling two different generations and it's a really important place 
uh, in the workplace. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. But yet it can be very sort of more an identity crisis for somebody trying to yeah. pick a generation yeah, like Yeah, I'm just like, I get that, why they called it Jen Jones, because they're like, oh, you're Jones in between these two generations. Absolutely. You and know? we're seeing it a lot now with millennials and Gen Z, but the, there are just stark differences between a millennial and a Gen Zer, and there's stark differences between a baby boomer and a Gen Xer. So innately, somebody will identify more with one generation yeah. than the other. Yeah. And then, did, go ahead, Joe. Oh, I was just going to say, how did you get started in that? So years ago, um, I was asked to do a story on Gen X. And I uh, was a journalist. Okay. And they said, you know those slackers that hang out in coffee shops <laughs> complaining about bad hair? And you're like... It's been an 80-hour week, and I am, that doesn't describe me. And I found that Gen X originally was the most stereotyped generation. The grunge music that oh, came yeah. out of Seattle, okay. sort of these despondents who really weren't doing a lot. And it started with a guy named Douglas Copeland who wrote a book called Gen X, and it was because X is a variable and X is lost. And it was right in the, right in the recession mm-hmm. um, when the economy had taken mm-hmm. a nosedive. A lot of Gen Xers couldn't find jobs. And the other thing that you had is baby boomers, 80 million of them, right? So they pretty much had to fall in line. Well, then you have a Gen Xer, close to half as many. And we suddenly, for the first time, would be like, I'm leaving at four for the t-ball game, or I'm leaving early to do this. And people thought we were disrespectful, not loyal. It just wasn't true. We just weren't doing it like the baby boomers. Right. And And now they're even doing it different. Oh, for sure. Well, what I find is that, I mean, the theory behind what I've studied is that Each generation experiences events and conditions that take place during their formative years, which is usually between the ages of 12 and 20. And because they experience these events and conditions, they adopt a lens at which they look at the world. And we all go through similar life events. However, the generational personality does stay with you for every single life stage. It's just that a new generation hits a life stage and reinvents it. And that's what people start talking about and where you see a lot of stereotyping. Right. It's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about how, like, if you were at late teens or early 20s in the 80s, about how wild it was. It was such a wild a... time. Right. And I don't know if it's ever, <laughs> there's ever been, like, well, that. Well, I think someone who went through the 60s might say, <laughs> Maybe. very a wild time for yeah, them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, but we didn't have, it feels like in the 80s, there was very little responsibility, whereas in the 60s, you know, they did end up having to turn to. You know, we had to protest the war and, you know, it felt like more political activism. Well, the economy, you know, after a while did really well. Mm -hmm. It was then we had the boom 90s. And so everything was like, you could do anything you want. And if you want to be an astronaut, great, a CEO, super, whatever you want to do, you could make it happen. (laughs) And then what happened is technology came about and suddenly we were monitoring everything. You know, I would go out the door, go play on a bike, not wearing a helmet and literally my mom and dad had no clue where I was. I could have been at one of any yeah. of my friends' homes. Yeah. And you just knew to be home for dinner. Where mm-hmm. now, there's no way that would go down. Mm-mm. Not at all. You know, if there isn't a tracker on your bike, it's on the phone, or you're calling me when you get there, I'm going to walk <laughs> you there. God forbid you should go to that house by yourself. <laughs> you know, and it's just, if you think about it, though, it's true. Yeah, how will that inform young people? Well, and a lot of them, yeah. you know, this is, you had the term helicopter parents. Yes. Um, Julia was one I of was not. Oh, my uh, God, Julia. I worked okay, during the so. after school. I worked the whole time. Well, I know, but you were pretty helicoptery. But, but the difference might have been... I that, was a loving mom. Oh, no. <laughs> he says helicopter, I say loving and engaged. Come on, on my couch. Come here. Yeah. I say loving and engaged. <laughs> no, but I'm going to say, you know, in general, what you would find is that 
a lot of baby boomers or gen, older Gen Xers and whatnot, we would check in with your kid when they got home or what, you know, we were the latchkey kids. We came home. If the parents weren't around, you made your own meal, oh, you had totally. your own snack. Mom hopefully would get home and dad would get at home. And one difference too was that a lot of women for Gen Xers, those, they weren't entering the workplace yet. You know, mm-hmm. as for our parents, but then a lot of millennials like yourself had two working parents. I love that I'm a millennial oh, now. Love it. Uh, no, oh. I'm not like you had millennial oh. kids. Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. I did. I'm like, oh gosh, that time clock. No, it's it's very true. It's just different. It's, it's another form of diversity. You, you know, and I will say it's a form of diversity, no different than we study gender, no different mm-hmm. than we study race or mm-hmm. ethnicity. But what's interesting is that it's the easiest to talk about. I mean, if I say to you, millennial, what comes to mind? Just tell me, like, what traits? Be honest. Um, really vocal. Okay. Really, um, don't. I think, I, 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 I think of him as being tech savvy. Okay. Oh, Lori, we thought of other things too. Yeah. <laughs> really vocal, this, maybe thinking that they should have our same job without okay, so working there you go. it. The word entitled comes Thank up you. a lot. <laughs> I was trying He's to fighting get for words. Nice, nice <laughs> no, I'll say it. No, I will stand in front of an audience of hundreds and I'll be like, you know, millennials, what comes to mind? And people will be like, entitled, lazy, babies, See, spoiled. I, 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 I didn't think don't think lazy, think that, but, but I, we know, did but think entitled. But a lot of people, but that I'm not just saying people yell out stereotypes. Got it, right. got it. We're supposed to any other form of diversity, if I get up there and said that, I'd be in a lot of trouble. I'd be yeah. canceled. Right. But this does not have a lot of political correctness around right. it yet, which puts the stereotypes on the table, not okaying the stereotypes, yeah, yeah. but allows us to sort of dig in and be like, where did that come from? Debunk the myth. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why this form of diversity I love is because people just will talk about that's it a lot more, a lot e- more easy. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, yeah. My husband's Very kids cool. are both millennials, but they refer to themselves as grand millennials because they're, they're like, we're not like the millennial millennials. We're on the <laughs> older edge. We didn't have cell phones until we were really in college. Well, mm-hmm. it's so funny if I say millennials will come to mind. Millennials themselves are yelling out half the stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you do know you are one, right? right. <laughs> well, that's funny. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. All right. That's nice cool. Yeah, I know. So it lovely is. to meet gosh. you. Yeah, we could just He's writing a play about day. us, Larry, yeah. so he's on that already. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah we should write some kind of a parody Next show I'll be show. back, we'll be talking about the new Fringe show, <laughs> right? Lori and Julia. Loje. Love that. All right. Love you. David Spillman. Yeah. Spillman, who's Spillman's cousin. Um, <laughs> and listen to me. Um, you have to go see his show. I think you're going to have such success. Thank you. And hopefully and if there's any of markets out there listening, let's mm-hmm. bring it to your hometown, too. That's right. Well, oh who knows who's going to show up for your show? Because people scout at the Fringe Festival, I Amen. think. Amen. Amen to that. Right. Grinder Help Desk, everybody. G-R-I-N-D-R. Help Desk. com. For tickets, the Fringe Festival starts this Saturday, August 5th. Thank you so much thank for you. having me. You two are just a such a delight. Oh, thank you. All right, we'll be back, folks.